I wanted to do something that allowed me to create still and do it in a fun way. So I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. Now, I would love to say that I left Intel at that time and started my own business, but that's not the case. I literally freaked out, right? Like I... Rain Podcast. Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova. This is a companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book. Discover how to access your infinite potential and thrive as a creative entrepreneur. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, storyteller, poet, author, as well as founder of Rain Magazine and the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Our limitless gifts already lie within us. We don't have to seek them or buy them. All we have to do is unleash them and shine our light millions of times brighter than the sun. Join myself and other inspiring creative entrepreneurs from around the globe as we guide you on a journey of transformation, creativity, and manifestation, both in business and life. Listen and subscribe and continue to unleash your supernova. Today, I'm excited to have with us Nikki Nash. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nova. And before we dive into the podcast today, I'm just going to read to our listeners a little about your background. Nikki Nash is the creator of the Market Your Genius podcast and founder of the Genius Profit Lab, which equips entrepreneurs with the tools and resources they need to share and profit from their talents. She is an international speaker and marketing expert with experience working with such brands as Intel, InStyle, Travel and Leisure, as well as Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. Woo, that's a lot of brands. That's a, that's a pretty heavy hitter there, Nikki. It's funny. I looked at my resume the other day uh-huh. and I was like, man, I really, I've done some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. And I am so excited to share with our listeners today the topic of pivoting. And you're going to share your story of how you pivoted from corporate America into entrepreneurship and not just entrepreneurship, but really developing a community that helps support and inspire and empower other entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs. And I think it's such a topical conversation because so many of us are on this journey of transformation, of pivoting from something that we may have been doing for decades or years and breaking habits, creating new ones, But I feel that there are still a lot of individuals that are on the sideline thinking about it and not really sure how to go about doing it. What are those next steps? Or if they've made the decision to pivot, they're sort of paralyzed with fear. And so they keep putting off that next step. So I would love for you to share some insights on that. But before we get into that, I just wanted for the sake of our new listeners, give them a little hint of what to expect on our show. So for those listeners that are joining us for the first time, we're going to go into Nikki's why, why she's doing what she's doing. And we're going to go into the conversation around pivoting and how to really pivot to the best phase of our lives. And then we're going to have Nikki play host. She's going to ask me whatever question she wants. And then we're going to round out with questions from our listeners. So that's the format of the show. And Nikki, are you ready to play? Are you ready to do the dance? I'm ready. All right. Well, as you know, with my book, Unleash Your Supernova, I really emphasize how people should 
start with their why before they do anything. And yes, that's especially important in business, but it also applies to various things in their lives, such as relationships. And if you're going to start a new diet, well, why are you doing that? You know, if you're going to start a new hobby, why are you doing that? It's really important for us to analyze those whys because sometimes the answer may not be serving us <laughs> to our highest good. It may not be a really good reason why we're doing the certain things we're doing. So not only answering the why, but really seeing how it feels and only make that shift if the response makes you feel good. So I'm always really, really curious about why my guests did what they did in their lives or why they're doing what they're doing now as it relates to creativity or entrepreneurship. So I'm going to ask you, my darling, why do you do what you do? Why market your genius? Why the Genius Profit Lab? Yeah, when I was in corporate full-time, I worked at a company called Intel. Uh, It was my last full-time corporate job and loved it, really. Like, I had an amazing team. I got to work on really cool projects. But at the time, probably about three, almost three years into me working there, I found out that my aunt was diagnosed with ovarian cancer And that's how my grandmother passed away, like my aunt's mother. And we're like, wow, my mom was like, we need to check and see if this is genetic. So my aunt had to get tested for the gene. She tested positive. So my mom had to get tested for the gene because that was her sister. My mom tested positive. So then my sister and I had to get tested for the gene. We both tested negative. But what it really that did for me, that entire experience made me realize that life can be really short. You know, my aunt ultimately passed away uh, about a year after she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And it really made me sit down and go, okay, well, what do I want my life to look like? What I want it to be like? And while I loved my job, I was living on the West Coast. My whole family was on the East Coast. I wanted to do something that allowed me to create still and do it in a fun way. So I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. Now, I would love to say that I left Intel at that time and started my own business, but that's not the case. I literally freaked out, right? Like I (laughs) saved a bunch of money. I left my job. I went to Mexico for two weeks with my family um, because we go pretty much every year for my mom's birthday. Uh, We did not go in 2021, but we've gone every other year, essentially. Mm. And at that time, the first week was amazing. The second week, I was like, oh my goodness, I've been making six figures for like a few years now. I'm expensive <laughs> all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I have, I had my MBA. I was still paying off my student loan debt. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I freaked out. And so I took a job as head of marketing at a tech startup. And at the beginning, it was fun. It was exciting. I was doing really cool things. It was interesting. But... The business had its challenges, right? Every business has challenges. But when you're a smaller business, especially when you have financial challenges, that could impact people, right? And so I was struggling with, am I going to get paid on time? Is this really worth it? And I remember my best friend saying to me, if you're going to be stressed out about whether or not there's going to be money in your bank account, at this point, you might as well be in charge of whether or not there's going to be money in your bank account, right? Mm-hmm. And so at least like, if I had my own business, I would know if things were going well or not, right? And I'd be able to plan in advance for it. And so I ultimately left that, that tech startup 
and decided to start my own business because I knew that for me, I wanted to create, I wanted to help people. That was a big part of what I've always wanted to do. And it was something that was still a bit missing in my career. And so I started going, all right, well, I have a lot of knowledge, experiences, and talents when it comes to helping people position themselves as a go-to expert in an industry, when it comes to helping people attract and convert dream clients and customers. And so I said, I would like to do that for women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so I started my business in March of 2016. Uh And I set out to do that. And my big why is because I know what it's like to have a life that doesn't feel fulfilled. And I want every person on the planet to have a life that they're madly in love with whether they have that through making sure that there's a side hustle included in their life, whether that means they go out on their own full-time, whether that means some sort of combination of like, you know, they work part-time and for something that they get out of working for another company and they create something on their own part-time. I really wanted to help folks with that entrepreneurial spirit create a life that they're madly in love with, like that business and life that brings them joy. And to add to that, I also wanted to, when I started looking at statistics throughout my business, I realized that statistically, if you're a woman, you will, like just statistically, you bring in less revenue than men. Then if you look at just the statistics of women, if you are a minority woman, you bring in significantly less than your non-minority counterparts, right? And so I was like, well, I'm a black female. And I would like to defeat all odds and help other people defeat all odds, whether it's from a race or gender perspective. So that's something that's also driven me as I've been building and growing my business. Mm, That just gave me goosebumps, especially that last piece that you just shared. And one of the things that jumped out at me was madly in love with life madly in love with your life. You don't really hear that. When you hear madly in love, it's madly in love with this person. And and I love that term. And I'm just going to hold on to it. Thank you for sharing it. I'm going to write it down and always ask, am I madly in love with da, 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 whatever, fill in the blank, whatever I'm doing, what is the why? Am I madly in love with that? And so thank you for sharing that. I think that's super powerful. And I also really enjoyed the fact that you shared that even though you decided to pivot into this full-time adventure as an entrepreneur, you are sharing that it's okay if it's a hobby. It's okay if it's part-time. It's okay if it's a side hustle. There are no rules here. You don't have to do it one way or another. The main point is just being madly in love with your life, like period, done, (laughs) you know? A hundred (laughs) percent. So I love that. And The last bit you shared regarding statistics, it literally took me back to a time in college where in sociology class, there was a diagram put on the the screen. And this was one of those weed out classes. So there were hundreds of people in the room and it literally laid out what you just shared, where the black female in society is at the bottom of the rung. It had this ladder and then it had this dot, 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 and there was a black female. And here I am in the classroom looking around. I'm like one of maybe two or three in the classroom of like 300 or 400. And I say, wait, is that me? Are you talking about me? And it stung so bad. And I remember just a few seconds later, just let that, you know, it kind of hit me. And then I said, no, 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 no. I am not going to be a statistic. And that is not my truth. And the fact that you are empowering women to not be a statistic, especially women of color, is 
that just warmed me. So thank you for sharing that. I have a question. So in March of 2016, you said you had the epiphany that your life wasn't, your work life at least, wasn't fulfilling you anymore. And you decided to take that leap of faith. What was that timeline like? Like, I want to break this down because, again, for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier around pivoting, I want to just hear a little more about your journey and deciding to make that decision. When you pulled the plug, when did you actually walk out the door? And then how did you get to that next step? Yeah, I struggled with it for a little bit. So I remember I was very clear that I wasn't happy and I knew I wasn't happy. But there's something that like when you're miserable... There's like, well, I'm miserable and I know what my misery looks like. And then there's this other side of things where it's just white space. Anything could happen. And that can be very scary. You're like, I don't know. This could be a terrible idea or a great idea to leave. And I remember I would, from the time that my best friend said, you know, why don't you just leave? I probably sat on that for a couple of weeks. And I remember going for walks with people in my company who were also not as happy as they used to be. And we would go and grab coffee and we'd go for a walk. And I just became the person that people would vent with. And I remember the day that I quit, I had been thinking about it. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking about it. And I was thinking about it for maybe a couple of weeks. And I went back and forth whether I should do it now or I should do it later. And I went for coffee. I went around the block with someone and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not sure when, but I'm probably not going to stay forever, right? Like I'll probably leave soonish, right? And I remember saying that to someone. And then we got back from coffee. I sat down at my desk. I looked around the office and I had this really weird experience where it felt like almost like an out of body experience where Mm. I came outside of myself and looked at myself and said, Nikki, this is your life. Are you happy? And I remember just looking around being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I literally went up to my boss, who was the CEO of the company. And I said, hey, I know we were supposed to have a a one-on-one chat today. I know you wanted to cancel it or move it to another day, but can we have it today anyway? I, I realized I need to talk to you about something. And then he said, yeah, sure. And then we had it maybe like 30 minutes or an hour later. And I walked in and I said, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember literally going back to my friend who was like, (laughs) I just told that I'm not quitting today and I'll do it. Like I'm thinking about doing it. Who knows? Mm. In the next month or so and being like, yeah, so I just quit. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) I just basically sat down and I had to really ask myself, are you happy? And my answer was no, like not even like, uh, no, I'm not really that happy or I'm not sure. I was not happy at all. And I would say that if I were at a different company, you know, sometimes you could be at a company and realize you're not happy. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit, but it does mean you have to go for a change, right? Because sometimes it's like, I like the company, but I'm not happy in my job. I need to get a new job internally. I'm not happy living in this state and I would like to move. Is there an opportunity for me to move with the company? Sometimes those are options. And I I really want to emphasize that because I know people who have been where I have been Mm -hmm. and felt like they had no other option but to quit. Mm -hmm. But in, in some instances, there are other options. I mean, I was at a small tech startup. There were 11 of us. And quite frankly, like the tech startup doesn't exist anymore, right? So it ended up 
dissolving, for lack of a better word. Right. So I would have left eventually anyway. Like, it's not like I would have stayed there forever, but I knew at that moment that I just couldn't do this anymore. Mm. I was like, I don't want to wake up and be miserable. I had gained like 35 pounds. I used to go to boxing classes all the time. The boxing gym was next door, (laughs) literally next door to my office. And I stopped going. Mm -hmm. I was just like, my boyfriend became Ben and Jerry. Like I had two boyfriends, Ben and Jerry. They were amazing. (laughs) I lived in Boston and I just ate Ben and Jerry's ice cream every day. That like every night I would go home and eat crackers, cheese, (laughs) Ben and Jerry's. Which is the complete opposite of the girl who who wakes up at pre-COVID five in the morning or a little before five in the morning. I was at the gym at five in the morning. Oh, right? wow. Like, okay. Now I'm now it's more like between six and seven, usually closer to seven. But like I was the person that goes to the gym every day. Yeah. Right. Like I liked that stuff. I stopped going. Mm. I stopped caring about what I ate. I just yeah. ate ice cream. <laughs> Clearly not myself. My best friend who lived thousands of miles, well, not really thousands of miles, hundreds of miles away. I was in Massachusetts. She was in, I think, New York still. And uh-huh. she's like, you sound terrible. Like, As your friend, <laughs> I think you're depressed. Like, I don't know what the heck is going on with you, but something needs to change. And right. when you're at that point, I don't care if it's super scary to go out on your own or to ask for a new job or to whatever it is, anything is better than you living a life where you're miserable. That's right. That is so, so right. I think you need to emphasize that. Just say that one more time. Could you just repeat yeah. that last? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like other alternatives are better than, you know, being completely miserable. And I'm not saying like, if there is a real mental health thing going on and like you're considering something more dangerous than like quitting your job, then seek help. But if you're sitting there and you're like, I could either stay in this miserable job or I could leave this miserable job, whether that means into a new role internally or going off on my own or going to another company, like all of those other options, absolutely scary, but it's okay to do. And if you are already an entrepreneur and you are no longer happy in what you're doing, also give yourself permission to pivot and make a change. Because I have a lot of friends who I've been kind of talking through what their next step should be. And I'm like, it doesn't sound like you're in love with your business anymore. It doesn't sound like you enjoy it. And so I have friends that are now going back into the workforce or creating a completely different business because that's what's right for them right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted you to emphasize that point where anything is better than being miserable, because at that point you are really going down a path that is harmful to your mental health. And the longer you're staying in that space, the more detrimental it becomes. And so if it's moving to another department, changing roles, going to another state, whatever you need to do, that there is a change that's needed. And just to at least recognize that so you can start making plans towards that. And the point that you made within entrepreneurship, right? Because I think (laughs) as entrepreneurs, at least starting out the gate, We have this vision, this idea of what we want to do, and then we start with it. And sometimes that idea runs its course. And if you don't recognize when it's time to change paths, again, you could be going down the same rabbit hole. So just because you're working for yourself doesn't mean that you've buffered yourself from being miserable. It's always paying attention and recognizing 
where you are at that moment and what change needs to be made if it doesn't feel good anymore. If you're not madly in love with your life anymore, as as Nikki would say. I love that. I want to ask, because there's so much energy as you're talking and I could literally like feel your smile as you're sharing. How do you tap into your limitless abilities and reach your greatest potential? How are you unleashing your supernova? So first of all, I just need to call out the fact that you said limitless because I literally have it tattooed on my wrist so that I do not forget that I'm a limitless being. Yes. (laughs) I'm not telling everybody to go tattoo limitless on their body, but it was something that really is true to me. And it's realizing that I can create anything. Anything is possible, right? And so in order for me to stay in that space, It's not like I realized one day I'm limitless, anything's possible, and I stayed in that magical euphoria forever, right? Right. Like it's a constant practice and reminder. And so every day, at least once a day, I sit down and I really focus on what makes me happy. And I give gratitude to what I have that makes me happy. I envision what I want that maybe doesn't exist in my life right this second that I can see right? That would, that I'm looking for, that I'm seeking, that I'd like. Mm -hmm. And I just really try to remember that I can create it, right? Like there's the only box that I could ever be in is the one that I put around myself. Wow. I will repeat. (laughs) It's also like a quote from my book. I put it in there. I was like, damn, I need to drop a mic now. But it's just the only box you will ever be in is the one you put around yourself. And I see people all the time myself included, I was there. I was in a box working for, you know, the tech startup miserable, literally not going to the gym and eating ice cream every day and like really depressed and then complaining that I didn't want to go on dates because I had gained like 30 pounds and like all this stuff. But I put myself in that box. Mm, Yeah. I felt like I had no options and therefore I couldn't see any other options. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And so when you take a step back and you go, okay, if I want to change something or if I would like to create something, Let me just let there be space. Let me just practice the act or the art of visualizing a happy time or journaling. Journaling helps me a lot to just kind of journal out and write out my fears, my limiting beliefs, my thoughts. And then sometimes I just take a step back and go, okay, is that true? Is there really nothing else that I can do? (laughs) Is there really, or is that just a thought that I have that I'm choosing to believe right now? And so it takes work and I do things. I have, um, I call them pattern interrupts. I have alarms that go off during my day that say empowering messages to literally disrupt myself because I'm guaranteed to be thinking something that's disempowering at any point in time. And I just have an (laughs) alarm that plays a cool song. And then I literally have text on my phone that's like, hey, Nick, (laughs) like, (laughs) that a real thought? (laughs) Like, or... Or I'm going to hit this goal by this time. And I know I'm going to do it because I'm creating it, right? Like, so I have little messages that I send to myself. So those are are just some things that work for me. But everybody can have their own little practice as long as it helps you stay in that space or at least get back to it more times than you're not in it of anything's possible. Yeah, you know, it's to have these little hacks where you're, sending text messages to yourself and creating these alarms. Because I feel that when we do put this box around ourselves, it's a glass box. Like we don't even know it's there. And to have those things built into your day or your week 
that sort of breaks it, that shatters that, that gets you out of that mindset, that resets your belief system. And the affirmations are great. Journaling is the fact that you shared, you would write down your fears and limiting beliefs and your thoughts. And then, and you could see it in black and white and go, wait, what, wait, what? Really? No, cross that out. No, cross that out, rip this out. And so you can get out of your head and, and see what's holding you back and, and make those active changes right then and there. So I love those actionable steps that you had shared. That's really great. And I want to ask in terms of, so it seems like you're really in tune with being mindful as well, like just some of the things that you're mentioning with the exercising, when you would exercise and the journaling and things like that. Is there something like a physical thing that you do to help increase your creativity, a mindful act before you sit down and either speak with a client or when you were creating your book before you wrote the next chapter? Is there something that actually boosts your creativity while you're working that you do typically? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't have something that I do right before I'm creating that like a a typical practice that I do for that. But I do have a typical practice before I get on a sales call or do an interview or something that maybe I'm feeling a little anxious before. Okay. And that is kind of a two-part system. It's first I play music. It's usually something by Sia because her music is all like, you're the greatest and you're unstoppable. (laughs) And like, basically like you're a freaking magical unicorn. And then I just sing that out loud. (laughs) I love love Sia. I'm like, listen, Sia, if I ever meet you in life, I'm just would love to tell you that your music is with me every day, making me feel like I can take on the world. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. When you meet Sia, there we go. When When I meet Sia, yes. (laughs) When I meet her, I'm going to be like, Sia, let me tell you all the things that your music has helped me with. (laughs) The second part is a practice that I've publicized called the effing fabulous list. And what I do is I write down all of the reasons why I'm effing fabulous. Girl. And and it's so great. And it's not like, oh, I write it once and then I reread it. It's like, no, no, I write the effing fabulous list on a regular basis. It doesn't always say the same things, but like some things are constant. Right. And I I write it and then I read it. And then I read it again before I go into anything where I'm a little anxious and I need to show up as like, I'm amazing. So mm-hmm. folks, if you're going on a job interview, a podcast interview, a sales call, an important like partnership meeting, or you're about to negotiate something, highly recommend this. It is such a game changer for me because then I'm like listening to Sia. I'm pumped up. <laughs> I'm reading why I'm like freaking fabulous. I'm like, heck yeah, I am. And then I get in a meeting and I'm like, yo, you guys don't know who I am. I'm freaking fabulous. I'm okay. Fabulous, Listen, right? <laughs> <laughs> what you need to have a journal. Okay. Your custom journal, the effing fabulous list, the actual memo pad, the t-shirts, the mug. Listen, okay. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm with you. It's like such an empowering practice. And I, I give it to my clients and I've put it in my book. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I have to practice what I preach. I, this isn't like, oh yeah, guys, do this effing fabulous list thing. It works. I'm like, no, no, I do it. And I almost joke when clients get on like in a program, if they're like, oh, I'm struggling with sales. I'm like, how did you show up? Did you write your effing fabulous list? And I'm like, listen, 
before I had a sales call with you to get you into this program, I read my effing fabulous list, right? (laughs) I'm literally like, do it. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Oh, man. Sounds like those calls are a lot of fun with your clients. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm literally jotting down notes. So I am, I'm walking away with some great stuff. So thanks. (laughs) All right. So this is a great time to transition into where you play host. I'm going to pass you the mic and you can ask me whatever question or questions your heart desires. Yeah. Well, I want to start with the question that you just asked me around, like, do you have any practices that help you inspire creativity or or get into that mindset? Because I'm sitting here like, man, what? I need some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the idea of playing music and that's a very mindful act. And the fact that you mentioned Sia and how positive she is and how uplifting it is, I feel that you can't just play any song or group of songs. It really should make you feel good or calm you down. So for me, I love listening to either classical, jazz, or reggae. And I call jazz and reggae my happy music. Classical kind of just gets me in the zone. Or I'll do some sounds from nature, either drums, like like metal drums, and or the rain falling, and it's more of white noise. But it really just helps ground you and bring down anything that's making you feel blocked or anxious. So I love the idea that you mentioned music. That's something that I do. Also just getting up and moving. So if I've been sitting for a while and I feel like I have a block, I'll get up and move around just my space. I'll walk to the other side of the house because I work from home. I will look for something to eat, like a little snack that really makes me happy. So I love berries and I try to have at least a couple colors in front of me. So. I'll, you know, have raspberries and blackberries and, and just that act, it's just super fun to me and it makes me smile. And so what that's doing is raising my frequency to allow me to tap into more creativity. So the better you feel, the more creative you become. If I'm getting ready to do a big project, like sitting down to write a chapter, or as you mentioned, going into a big meeting, then I like to do something a little more physical. So going for a run or a very brisk walk, that's something that I like to do or doing a hard workout right before just to get the blood flowing and to really put you in the present moment. Because a lot of times we're thinking so far ahead and we end up negating our possibilities or pre-editing our work. And you want to get out of that mindset. You literally want to be in that moment of the action of that activity and doing something more physical sort of forces you to just focus on what you're doing. So those are some of the things that I like to add in before I'm doing something creative. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and there are things that anybody could do. And I remember to your point, when I get frustrated or mad or or something like that, I physically go for walks. Like I literally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. walk around the block because I'm like, I need to clear my head. Like, yeah. it, Or if I'm overwhelmed, I just stop what I'm doing. And, and I love what you said, because so often I know people who just try to like work through it. Mm-hmm. And what I found, and, and let me know if this is the same for you, like I can get further, faster if I stop walk away literally and then come back oh 100 percent. like i used to be one of those people that would work through it and i'm like let's say it's just someone that just said something that (laughs) just just made me go there and i'm like you know for hours potentially and what i've learned over the years like that doesn't really help okay it just makes me feel worse for an hour because i'm so angry 
I'll let it go. I'll just literally, as you said, I will not think about it. And sometimes you have to do something like going for a walk, going for a run, going for a drive, getting something. You know, if you love Starbucks, go get a Starbucks, you know, change your thought process drastically. So you're not in that space. You're not in that negative mindset because negativity is only going to attract more negativity. And that's the last thing you want. And so to just let it go and give it some time to breathe. And it could be days, it could be hours, then come back. Because then you're like, really? And I mean, either that person was ridiculous. You realize how ridiculous it was or how little time you really need to even spend on that topic or conversation or that person. Or it's it's not even going to phase you anymore. You've moved on. And so I love how you said you just give it space because that's such a better way to deal with issues that may cause us stress or strife. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I'd love to know from you, can you tell us a a little bit about whether it's a time or a story where you had to really pivot or like make a change and go in a different direction than what you maybe either set out to do or where you were expecting to end up? Mm, I feel like my life is full of pivots. (laughs) I feel like my life is one big pivot. My poor husband, he's like, what what are you doing now? I I think as a creative being, I need change. I need to evolve. I need to grow. And when I'm feeling stagnant, there are signs that if I'm paying attention, I'm just not happy anymore. As you said, I'm not madly in love with my life anymore, what I'm doing or the project or... And sometimes it does take a little tweak. So a major pivot for me was leaving New York City as a fashion designer where New York being the epic, the epicenter of fashion with the garment district, you know, at the time still being very, very prominent and all my resources there from the media to stylists to celebs, you know, outside of LA, of course, but to my sample makers and production facilities. And this is something that was my life. Like I lived and breathed fashion. I couldn't get enough of it. But I also realized the moment where I was burnt out, like New York for me was taken as much as it was giving and I wasn't replenishing that well fast enough. And I knew as much as I loved being in New York that I had to step away. And what I kept (laughs) saying to myself is I need more blue and green in my life. And yeah, I was born in Jamaica. I was born by the water and I just needed, I needed to be by the water again. And so life took me and my family south by the beach while we were about five minute walk to the ocean. And that's what I needed. I needed to reset as a creative entrepreneur. And I had to make a conscious decision to walk away from what I was so immersed in and knowing I was leaving the resources that I needed as a fashion designer. But my my well-being was the priority at that moment because I really wasn't creating at the level that I wanted to create. And I needed a major reset. I needed a shift. And when I made that physical relocation is when a lot of energy was poured into Rain Magazine. And Rain, this is our 15th year of making it rain. And so that was a major pivot, just trusting my gut as it related to putting my my mental health and my well-being, my physical health ahead of what I was so in love with in terms of my career, which was fashion. And I just found a different way of doing it. And did any part of you, I'm curious whether it was like part of your identity or part of 
you know, just the thoughts that come in where it could be like, what will people think if I'm leaving this or closing a part of my life or career? I'm curious how, one, if you had any of those thoughts or feelings, and then two, if so, how you dealt with them. Excellent question. Yes, yes, yes. I was doing, I don't know, fashion for how long, however many years at that point. And I can't say that I had reached the pinnacle of my goal in my career as related to fashion. And so it was first dealing with self-judgment because I think that's where we get stuck a lot. And I think we tend to judge ourselves worse than any of our peers or family or friends would. And we get stuck there. So I think that was it, just working through the self-judgment. And, but I was also thinking about, oh, what would my colleagues think? What would my peers think? What would my family think? You know, not only was I a fashion designer, I also had young children and moving away from my parents and how, what would they think? I'm, they're grandchildren, they're these little babies. And, and so there was a lot that I had to work through. But I kept coming back to the same point where I needed more blue and green in my life. I knew I needed to recharge. I knew I was low in terms of my energy and desire to want to do the thing that I that I loved. And when you fall out of love or falling out of love with that very th- that thing that was so passionate for you, you have to stop and think why and what can you do. What are those changes you can make? And then I never left fashion. I just chose a different way of channeling that creativity. And so I put that into supporting other fashion designers and writing about fashion and seeking the newest inventions in fashion and creating a fashion forward magazine. So I just shifted that energy into a different medium, but I never left fashion. And I think it's okay to give your permission yourself permission to evolve and change and grow and if it's within that same space or something completely different you know such as podcasting which I do now and so yeah I definitely went through those phases of judgment and worry of what others would think but then also you know getting through judging myself and I think that's really the most important is just not judging yourself and if you can love yourself for that decision that's really all that matters and not what anyone else thinks I feel like you need to drop a mic. <laughs> it's all about like you. And, and I, I love what you shared because so often I see people and myself included judge themselves for decisions that feel right for them, right? Because of what will other people think and what will this mean about me? And, and so I really appreciate you saying that. And, and it really comes down to you knowing whether you need more blue and green in your life, right? Like what is the thing that you need more of in your life? And when you go for it, just say, hey, this is what feels right for me. And it's okay if other people don't understand it or if other people judge it, that's not what's important. It's about you living your best life and creating a life that you're madly in love with. And that's the mic drop. I really love that phrase. I really, I I wrote it down. It's going to be my new thing. Whenever I hear something that really resonates with me that I know can help so many other people. I just, I hold on to it and I adopt it and then I just share it and share it and share it. So I can't wait to just share that with so many people. And I'm going to use this opportunity to take the mic back. And I want to thank you for your wonderful questions. And um, I haven't had that, those questions in a while. And so I love just, you know, going into 
those thoughts and just it's I need to hear it as much as my listeners need to hear it. So thank you for reminding me of those things. And this is the time of the show where we ask you questions from our listeners. So I have a question from Amanda and she would like to know if I'm ready to, to pivot, but the people around me wouldn't understand my new choice. How do I find that cheerleader that can help me make that decision? Ooh, Amanda, number one, be your biggest cheerleader. Like, yes, and I'm not saying that you don't need another person and we'll talk about who that person could be and how you find them. But first off, like, make sure that the, the pivot or the decision you're looking to make feels really good for you and that you can also, in times where you need it, pump yourself up and jazz yourself up. The reason being is like, I know who, what like my go-to person is. I have like, I'm grateful to have many cheerleaders in my life. And when I'm about to do something that I know no one else will understand, I turn to my best friend Maria (laughs) because I'm like, oh my gosh, other people may freak. But the reality is, is Maria has a life too. And I can't expect her to always pick up the phone every second that I need her to be my cheerleader. So Mm -hmm. I start by being my own biggest cheerleader. You have to be your own biggest cheerleader first. I love that. Right. And then really think about who's in your life. And they could be someone who's uh, prominently in your life right now or what you're looking for, for someone to be in your life and see like who could fit that role of unconditionally supporting your ideas, even if they make no sense, right? Like my best friend literally said to me, why not just quit your job and start your own business? Where she say that to me because it felt like something that I wanted to do and she was reflecting that she would probably never do that in her lifetime, right? Like she will be the first person to tell you she loves her job. She loves her career. She loves moving up the ladder, right? So it's not like she was understanding or believed because it's something that she understood or would want to do. It's because she loves me and knows me and can listen for what I'm actually saying and what I need to hear and be supported in, in that point in time. Right. And so Look for that person in your life. And if that person doesn't exist, this is the perfect time to share with the universe or, you know, God, whatever you believe in, that that is someone who you would like to come into your life. Mm, I love that. I would go with those two things, like yourself. And then if you don't already have that person, find them or call them in. Mm. Yes, because as you said earlier, you can create whatever you want. (laughs) Right? We're limitless, baby. Yes. Take out that journal, write it down. This is what you want. I want that cheerleader in my life. I want to be my best cheerleader. So yeah, that's amazing. And this question is from Matthew. I want to become an entrepreneur, but I don't know where to start. What resources would you recommend? Ooh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. I love this question. First, I would start by asking yourself why you want to be an entrepreneur and what you're looking for out of entrepreneurship. I find this to be just an incredibly helpful question to answer. And then once you're there, the first things that I would honestly do is I would sit down and think about, okay, here's an exercise. I give it in my book. I call it the blank canvas exercise. And what you do is you take out a blank piece of paper. This is literally what I did essentially day one of having no job. I got a giant piece of paper. It was huge. I put it across my hardwood floor and I just drew and wrote and said, like, this is what I want to create. This is the world, uh, how I would like to see it. This is the part of impacting that world that I would like to participate in. Here's if I could do anything with my skills and talents 
and create that lifestyle I want, here are some of the things that I would would do. And I would really just brainstorm from a wide open space where you could, what's possible for you. Like all of the ideas that you have in terms of entrepreneurship, just get them all out because that'll help you get clearer on what it is that you want, right? And so I'm a big fan of just whipping out a blank piece of paper, asking yourself a simple question, like what would you like the world to look like? Writing out that world or creating that world on the paper, then asking yourself, okay, if I was an entrepreneur or I created a business, what aspect of this world would I like to dedicate my business to? Okay, and then just keep narrowing it down. Okay, well, what would we actually do? (laughs) Like, do I want to sell something? Do I want to like a physical product or a service? Just like keep narrowing it down, but start from a really big worldview of like, what do I want the world to look like and how do I want to impact it? That's an exercise I like doing. In terms of resources, there are so many resources, but I'm going to give you some to check out. You know, you can grab Unleash Your Supernova if you haven't already. Shout out to your book, Nova. Got you. (laughs) Second shout out and shameless plug, you can grab my book, Market Your Genius, because it literally walks people through a sequence of questions and, and exercises as well. So those two books, fabulous. And then there are tons of local, like, small business organizations or things that have free resources for you to just start like exploring and seeing what is it about being a business owner that I like or that I would like to have. Because for folks, some people want to be an entrepreneur and create a new software or product that has never existed anymore. Some people want to be a business owner and buy into a franchise. Some people want to have a side hustle and you get to figure out and really think and explore what's right for you. And one of the best ways to do that is to just do two things. You know, one, start from a blank piece of paper and and see what you could create on a blank piece of paper, what would excite you. And two, just speak to as many people as possible that do things that you find interesting. And hopefully that'll help you find clarity in terms of what you want to do, because you need to have clarity around the vision for your entrepreneurial venture first is always step one. Like, what are you trying to create? Why are you creating it? And then you move into, is there a market for it? And how do you price in in your products and blah, blah, blah. There's like a a whole list of steps. But step one is figuring out why you want to do this in the first place and what you're really hoping to create. That was a lot of really great advice. And I'm sure Matthew's taking notes on that. And um, I love the shameless plugs. Hey, listen, we're entrepreneurs and uh, we're here to help and inspire. So those resources are highly recommended. (laughs) So I want to thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us today, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your stories. And thank you for being vulnerable and all the amazing things that you've accomplished. I really loved everything you shared. I have so many notes. I have blank canvas. I have madly in love with your life. I have effing fabulous list of Sia, like all these things that you shared with us. And this was a lot of fun. Would love to bring you back again if you're up to it. Always. Nova, you know I love you. Yes, we're going to come back and play again. And before we say bye, are there any parting words, any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? And please also include how they can stay in touch with you. Yes. So parting words, I would say always take a moment and ask yourself, what feels good to you right now? And if something doesn't feel good to you right now, 
know that that's not like, it's not good or bad that something doesn't bring you joy in this moment. It's just more information. And I really wanted to hone in on this because I think so often, and this was me, I'm like, I need to know exactly where I'm going to be in like 10 years and I need to have the plan and I need to follow the plan. And really it's about every day, every moment, making sure that you're living in alignment with who you are and what you want and desire. And the only way to know if you are still on track, even if the destination has changed, is to check in with yourself. So check in with yourself daily, see how you're feeling. And if something doesn't feel good anymore, that's okay. You just now know, you now have clarity on it. If you would love to connect with me, I am on Instagram. You can send me a DM. I will respond. So that's a good place to go. Other great places to go. I have a free masterclass for those of you that are looking to get more clients and customers. It's literally called Get More Dream Clients is the name of the masterclass. And if you go to getmoredreamclients.com, you can get this free training for you guys to help you get more dream clients for your business. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for our listeners, if you haven't gotten your Unleash Your Supernova book yet, what are you waiting for? Go and get it. It's at your favorite bookstores, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, whichever suits you. Go and get Unleash Your Supernova and continue on your journey of unleashing your limitless potential. I want to thank our guest again, Nikki Nash, for joining us and looking forward to having her back again. And I also want to thank you, our listeners, for sitting with us on another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to transformation, creativity, and manifestation. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and share and continue to unleash your supernova.